Welcome to the Dealmakers Coffee Break, where we talk to industry pros about their success stories, deals, and market insights in just enough time for you to enjoy a cup of coffee. So grab your mug and join us for a chat with the people behind the deals. I'm Asaf Raz. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Dealmakers Coffee Break Edition. And today I have Craig McGruther. He's the Director of Business Development at Lone Star Capital. I've actually been chasing Craig a little bit to try to get him on this uh, podcast. I'm super happy he's here. Craig, please take it away. Tell us about yourself, a bit about your business, what you do today, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I am the Director of Business Development at Lone Star Capital. With Lone Star Capital, we're owner operators and lead GPs and multifamily uh, value-add apartment complexes, specifically looking to buy workforce housing in Texas, and more specifically within Texas, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. Great. That's awesome. Let's dive a little bit into Lone Star Capital, right? So you said you're focused mostly on multifamily, mostly in, I would say, the Sunbelt area, right? Texas, but maybe a little bit out mm-hmm. of that range as well. You know, the market is going through a I like to call it a beautiful shift. Some people call it a great reset, whatever it is. But within the state of the market, within everything is happening, and we'll bring that up. What is your current investment strategy and what makes it unique or different for Lone Star Capital compared to other GPs? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I, I think, you know, everyone is going to do a market rate deal when an opportunity comes up. I think that's, you know, very cut and dry. That's, you know, whatever. And a lot of people are seeking, right? Just normal down the fairway value add. Hey, it's maybe a mom and pop owners, you know, who have a 90s asset that has, you know, 50% of the units maybe original. The other 50%, you know, are maybe 25% renovated of that or partials. And then maybe you've got a subset that have, you know, premium based upon the nicer finishes and you can kind of work off that. That's very easy. You maybe do some exterior paint. Cool. Everyone knows that story. What we do that's a little bit different and unique is we have an affordable strategy where we utilize um, different, you know, programs that the government and the state will allow in Texas, such as you know, tax abatement plans that you know generate some investment alpha. Where on the front end, we structure the deals where we get some sort of you know maybe the partial or full tax abatement that allows us to you know capture incredible returns. Where a lot of the effort and the return is generated on the front end of the deal via the structure, and then you know at that point, just kind of a management and operation game. And then you know a couple of years later, we look to sell it down the line with that abatement structure in place. That's pretty cool. And I heard this before. I had a, a one guest, Richard Buckner, he was here and he talked about, we have a full article about this specific way of running real estate deals in, in Texas. Can you drill down a little bit more into that to explain to the people what does that actually mean? Like how investing right now, for example, in Texas specifically with high interest rates, you know, it's harder to, to get debt, uh, could be sometimes harder to hold on a property. What's the strategy here? Yeah, well, you know, essentially to your point, expenses are crazy right now. So it could be several things. It could be your insurance is going crazy. It could be, you know, maybe your rents are softening. Maybe your property taxes are going up. So people are kind of feeling the pinch all over the place, you know, with your expense ratios going up. Maybe your payroll is going up higher and it's harder to retain good talent. So, you know, this is a way for us to stay in the game and to acquire deals as the interest rate environment is crazy. You know, what we saw, you know, basically in 2023 was a no fun situation. The bid ask spread, as they say, which means what the seller would take and what the buyer could pay was really far apart. And that was largely due to, you know, historically uh, and dramatically uh, increased interest rates in a short period of time with other expenses going up. 
while, you know, pricing stayed, you know, really compressed with cap rates. So effectively, it was a stagnant period of time. So, you know, the only way we could really get deals done in 2023 was actually this tax abatement route, which has been, you know, very beneficial for us naturally. But as you can imagine, you know, was a struggle for many operators and stuff. But now we're actually starting to see a slight, slight shift in that. Uh, we're seeing cap rates widen a bit, which is great for yields. So we're actually going in and looking at you know, new deals right now that have, you know, either positive or uh, neutral leverage, which is, you know, a good sign, meaning, you know, cap rate is higher than what the debt note is, or if it's neutral lever- leverage, it's debt, uh, the cap rate and the interest rate on the debt is the same. When that happens, you, you know, you have good things, but we've seen such a, uh, a tight and a compressed market the last couple of years. So everyone's kind of coming down to reality and expectations are being reset. Mostly on the seller side is what we're seeing where they're having kind of face the music, take the medicine. And if they've got a shorter, you know, debt no or maturity coming up, you know, they gotta kind of got to get out right now or, you know, be looking at options. But that's kind of the, the state of the market, I would say. Yeah. And there's about $1.2 trillion then that is going to get matured between 24 to 25. I think it's about 15% of 24 of the entire commercial real estate debt. That's a lot. That's a, I think it's a big maturity cliff. I feel like next year, and, and you can take me into your vision of, of 2024, but I feel like things are going to look a lot different in terms of how the sellers are approaching the market. A lot of them would have to sell just because of how, how that's looking like, and it just won't add up. It won't underwrite well if you need to take it to refinance with these terms for them. They were used to practically zero interest rates and having leverage free money, you know? And then now it's going to a natural state. It should be at about like, historically, it's it's a fine number. It's it's pretty moderate. It's not super high, but we're just not used to it in the past, like, I don't know, 14 years. With that, I'd like to ask you is, how are you going to, to you think you're going to reflect this strategy um, into 24? What you think is going to happen in terms of Lone Star Capital? Like, are you going to, do you think like you're going to have more uh, ability to acquire assets? Are you going to try to acquire more assets maybe with a lower debt? Like how are you going to plan out your debt strategy locations, et cetera? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, you know, the, the, the billion dollar question is so many things right there. So yeah, there's a lot of maturity coming up, you know, and I think a lot of it, you know, if you're in office, you know, it's, it's very, very challenging naturally, right? That will have to get worked out. My prediction on that will be the government will have to step in one way or another to kind of remedy that situation and, and figure that out. So that's the office side. As far as it goes for the multifamily space, there is just inevitably people who are going to have to be for sellers where the math is just not in your favor. You know, where if you bought a deal in 2021 or 2022, now we're coming into, you know, where either if you've got a bridge or floating rate debt, you're going to probably either look to get into the one-year extension or you're looking at the math and saying, I'd rather just get out now and live to fight another day and not deal with it. So, you know, our strategy is simple. We have fixed rate debt on essentially all but two properties in our portfolio. So we're very, very stabilized. So we're looking forward to playing a lot of offenses here coming up and buying as much as we can of good quality product because there will be discounts in the market. It's kind of a dislocated market right now where, you know, yields are going up, cap rates are going up where, you know, deals can make sense and you can actually get really good leverage points on these opportunities. So I think we're, you know, our goal is just to buy as much as we can. Uh, the big bottleneck will be, of course, when the deals are best, the money is hardest to raise. So the equity side will be very, very challenging here coming up, but the deals will actually look very sexy and attractive on a fundamental basis where we might get, you know, really solid, maybe A, A minus 
uh, B plus deals. You know, we're we're talking you know 2010 to 1990 deals that are you know really attractive and pretty garden style mid rise properties that will be trading at caps that you know are probably 200 points higher than what the market you know Titus was. So you know if you even go on with roughly about six and a half percent you know on a cap rate on that you know you can kind of forecast well in a five year hold or six year hold with if we put that agency down on it you know we have reason to believe that you know over the course of that hold period will increase the yield but you know caps will compress to hopefully mid to low fives where there's just a lot of money to be made on on good quality deals like that so we're really excited for the opportunity coming up we know that this is potentially an historically great time to do it um but it's just about you know providing good and conservative underwriting on on the deals and you know, not getting over our skis uh, on our old portfolio, which we've done. So we're really just excited for the opportunities to come up and to take advantage, as you mentioned, the maturities uh, in the marketplace. Yeah. And 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 how is debt looking in terms of, I, I know some players in the market are right now looking into uh, full cash acquisitions or- That's crazy. Just a really, <laughs> really just a, or a really small leverage. I've been hearing a lot of things. So um, one of the people I talked to, they focus on acquiring land on cash only deals so they put most of the capital and then 40% comes from investors, more or less. They put the 60% and then they put a developer on that property or on that uh, a land and they say, okay, let's get developing. We have a long-term investment. We don't need to do returns for investors for a few years now, but it's going to yield pretty well. My question is like, how how are you going to build those uh, debt structures? I mean, people used to take what, 70, 60, 50% uh, leverages on deals when they could. Is that looking the same for next year? Yeah, it's actually going to be incredible. So the worst of it was actually this year. So on a normal market rate deal where we were, you know, more than half of cash down on these opportunities, you know, raising, you know, if we were going to do a $15 million deal, we might have to raise in with CapEx to it. We might have had to raise about eight to $10 million, which is, you know, not very good leverage naturally, right? With where cap rates were at and yields. Yeah. Um, moving forward with, you know, there being neutral, positive leverage, since your DSCR is getting a hit pretty easily with that and with interest only, we can leverage, you know, pretty aggressively here. But, you know, I say aggressive, not in a negative way, but in a, you know, positive sense on our behalf because the numbers and the fundamentals of the deals are good. So we're looking at hitting, you know, 75% LTV uh, on the opportunities coming up using, you know, agency debt. And for those who don't know what agency debt is, that's Freddie or Fannie Mae which are, you know, government backed financiers. So that's kind of what we're looking at. And, you know, these are really good quality deals. So the question we have to ask is not on if we're going to do that, but it's what we actually want to acquire and buy. Because, you know, if the discounts aren't too steep yet in that 80s and 70s deals, that doesn't make sense for us to buy it. But if we can get, you know, nice discounts that are easy to maintain properties and to operate on, you know, 90s and OO assets, then that will make a lot of sense because that's what a lot of institutional equity players want to be, you know, in. It's easier for us to manage. Typically speaking, there'll be higher incomes. And, you know, over the recession, which we're likely going to, you know, head into here for the next couple of years, you know, incomes are going to be really important for us for the, for the local area. You know, if we can get 60 grand and above incomes, you know, if we're in Houston or Dallas, it's really big for us. Obviously, San Antonio, it's, you know, it's not as high of an income area there. But if we can get, you know, above 50 grand uh, incomes there, that'll be really helpful for us. So, you know, the question will be not, will the opportunities be there, but it's what we want to buy and, you know, what will our bottleneck be from an equity perspective? Yeah. And, and do you see any, any, um, um, any challenges in either rent or occupancy within the properties due to obviously inflation? We, we could see some unemployment happening in 2024. Are there any concerns on that side? 
there's always concerns like that. And anyone who could tell you or will say otherwise is just full of it, right? So we're definitely going to see some either rents softening or no rent growth here coming up. So that's why, you know, if you are on bridge and on or on, you know, floating rate debt, that's a problem because, you know, if you're planning on, you know, taking a property that may be a negative leverage and then increasing the yield, but then you can't increase the yield, then the numbers are not in your favor, right? So that's precisely to your point why we want to buy better quality assets and probably forecast maybe no rent growth the first couple of years. And then knowing, hey, we might get two to 3% after, and then we'll be uh, to a point where greener pastures are on the other side of that. But that's exactly why we want to be a little bit more stingy and strategic with regards to what we actually want to acquire due to the fact that we know that you know the market conditions will likely not be as uh, favorable as we would desire when the market was humming, you know, when the government was printing a ton of money and even prior to COVID. So, you know, to answer your question, that is a concern for sure. We're going to start seeing that. And that's exactly why we want to stick to, um, you know, the, the markets that we're in, which are, you know, more robust than, you know, secondary and tertiary markets. And then in addition to that, being in the primary markets, but, you know, really being stingy and, and strategic about, you know, the assets we do want to buy, the locations we want to buy in, you know, if there's crime and occupancy issues right now, rest assured 2024 and 2025 uh, will not be the easiest years for you to yeah. manage those opportunities. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at properties where we at least want to see 90% and above occupancy. And, you know, once it gets below 85%, the agency lenders won't lend on the opportunity, right? So you'd have to get a bridge or floating rate debt, which for the right opportunity, we may do, never say never, but it would have to be pretty unique for us to yeah. want to uh, take that on. I, I completely understand it. I appreciate the the thorough explanation also for our listeners. The last thing I always do because we reached our 15 minute mark is what I call the shameless plug. And the shameless plug is where you get the opportunity to talk about your current investment opportunities, share what you're working on today, what you're looking for. Uh, we did have some cool connections and networking through this audience. So people reaching out after listening to the episode. So I think it's just really shamelessly say what you want and what you're looking yeah. for. Hope it reached the right ears. I appreciate the shameless plug. I'm a shameless plugger myself. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Craig McGrother, which you spelled out. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. Find us on LinkedIn. Basically, right now, we've got our Capital Spotlight podcast uh, and fun Friday edition of that, where Rob Beardsley is the founder and principal of the firm who published two incredible books, The Definitive Guide in Multifamily Underwriting and Structuring Debt and Equity for Real Estate. He wrote these two books. Maybe you've heard of them. Let us know if you'd like, you know, if you've read those books, reach out to us, you know, let us know if you liked them or didn't like them. Um, but we're raising just the little last end of our Houston three property portfolio, utilizing 100% tax abatement, really great opportunity, very safe. It's a recession resistant like plan, not really need to raise rents much. So if you're looking to make an investment, that deal just closed, looking just to backfill the last little sliver of equity there. And then of course, you can find us and listen to us on YouTube or whatever you get podcasts for the Capital Spotlight Show. I love that. I love that. Craig, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time of this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Check out more episodes on the Dealmakers podcast available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Agora's website at agorareal.com slash podcast. See you in the next episode.